Welcome back, everybody, to the Parent Podcast. This is the second uh, part of our follow-up to our Babel conversation. And uh, Mike, once again, thanks for being here. I always love talking to you. I, I feel smarter just being in your presence. I know. <laughs> but, scary. <laughs> that's scary. But uh, but yeah, I, I just I just love that. Um, pretty much any question I ask, I love that we can have a conversation. You can help me figure it out. So, so uh, you know, in that first part, we talked a lot about, you could say, the academic side of it, how God has, uh, you, you know, God, based on the kind, uh, we, we talked about the, the original creation, we talked about Noah and the ark and how the, the kind and stuff. And then, and then I love what you said about how humans are one kind, that um, is, is it wrong for me to say that there's only one race? I think you said that in the last segment. Okay, biblically, we know that Adam was the father of all and Eve was the mother of all. So we know there right. was one kind biblically. But scientifically, they've now done the Human Genome Project, which have now established that all races come from the same basic, uh, contain the same DNA, uh, mitochondria DNA. Therefore, they've concluded that we've all come from the same Eve, and that's the scientific journals. Right. So the scientists now agree, um, secular or Christian, that we are all one race. There's only one race on this planet. In fact, it's not even a good term to use. We should really use people groups rather than races because we all are of the same kind. Right. So so humanity is a race. So exactly. there's not Caucasian, not Asian, African-American. Humanity is a race. And, and this really has some... Some, uh, I mean, we're all just different melatonin levels, I guess, right? What were you saying about the song that Ken Ham sang or something? And you don't have to sing it. That's okay. Yeah, was, he was just saying when you look at that song, Jesus Loves All the Little Children, and you've mentioned these colors, that's a very, very um, minor difference. And he said, really, we should be saying we're all shades of brown. Yeah, he loves brown all the children, brown, 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 brown. Yeah. brown. So it's like... We have to change that song totally. So it's shades right. of brown, not brown. That's right. So uh, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I I am a uh, I I don't know if I told you this, but I grew up in England. So my dad, I'm a military brat, and okay. so I my joke is that I burn in the moonlight because my skin is so fair, and my wife can tan in yeah. in this weather, 23 degrees outside. So she's yeah. definitely a a darker tone, and then obviously there are people who are darker toned. So now now when we say that we're all one race, I I love that. I think that's amazing, and so. So let, let's step away from the academic side for a minute. I know you, you had mentioned that there's a moral, ethical, like a, like a spiritual aspect of this. So, so why don't you tell me a little bit about that? Well, when I first started studying this, I was trying to answer questions like, is the ark big enough? Uh, could a, uh, Adam really have named all those animals when you think about the millions of varieties? And then you realize that because of that definition of the word kind, that it makes those issues not an issue anymore because Noah took much fewer animals into the ark than what you thought. Adam had to name much fewer. Right. Um, but then when you get to the point of saying, um, if okay, if you understand what evolution is, evolution is this belief that there is no kind. There's a continuation from the amoeba to the man. And through mutations, we acquire new genetic material rather than a, a different appearance because of recombinations of the pre-existing genetic material, but actually new material being formed. Then there's this belief that the ape evolved into the man through these mutations and through these changes, 
which means there are different points of, of evolving, different levels of evolution. And so they started to look at man as uh, the races being different points of dropping off the evolutionary tree. And so some races would automatically become inferior to others because of how what stage of evolution they were. And what this did is it led us to this belief of some races being superior and other races being inferior mm -hmm. to the point that Hitler actually took that philosophy as a national philosophy and justified doing inhumane things to people because, or people groups because he defined them as subhuman. And right. so for him, it was not a sin or not a problem to, uh, or not even persecute, but to experiment on people and do terrible things to them in, in labs because he considered them lab rats and not really humans. Right. Um, you, you take it back into our own culture and in the early you know, 1800s and so we start justifying treating people as subhumans. So slavery and and uh, someone being sub of uh, sub value was part of our culture, and they justified it within Christian churches. They'd even go as far as saying, "Well, that was the curse of Canaan, or or that was uh, the mark of Enoch." And and so you you get these different things where people um, used it to justify um, actions that Christ would never. Right. That would never adopt. So I started to look at evolution as as a tree. Mm -hmm. And when you look at the fruit that a tree bears, um, the Bible tells us very clear that we have value and mm -hmm. that we're created for a purpose and right. there's a plan. And evolution says, no, you're just a mistake. You're the right. top of the mistake pile. There is no purpose. There is no mm -hmm. plan. There's really no loss if you're gone. And the tree itself is so different than what Christ taught that you, you start sensing that the big picture is wrong, let alone right. all the implications of that. So yeah, the Tower of Babel helps me understand why we have all the differences, mm -hmm. but those differences are minor, not right. major, and it's not an evolutionary thing, it's mm -hmm. simply a variety. And like you already mentioned, if, if there's different variety of skin uh, color, mm -hmm. uh, you're going to find people that survive better in the hot than you do people that uh, are fair-skinned and are not going to survive there. Me. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, we have people groups that do right. have certain characteristics that are favored, and therefore they are going to dominate that area. Right. And so uh, it, it starts to make me understand the whole variety of people, but it's not a uh, superior or inferiority uh, factor. It's simply differences. Right. And... Uh, they actually say there's more genetic difference between you and I than between the different races. Uh, most of what causes the difference in races that we talk about is appearances, and those mm -hmm. are very superficial right. to uh, the actual differences in the DNA as far as the coding. Yeah, that that's amazing. Like I, I've th that right there to me. Like I, because I, I know when we talk about racism as we see it today, it, you know, it's that that there are different races of people, but. But, but really, when you, like you said, if you can kind of get past that idea and see that we're all one race, it, I mean, it really, it really is an awesome thing to, to look at that from, from how God, God made us into different people groups, right? So, so I agree with you that you say it should be considered people groups instead of an actual race because we're all one race. And they're, they're different cultures. Let's different put it cultures. that way. Okay. So if, um, if I, talk about you know the, the the taboo topic of interracial dating and then I say wait a minute there, there's only one racial we're not talking interracial mm -hmm. 
in reality, there are two races. There's the saved and the unsaved. So if you want to go interracial that way, yeah, you, you should avoid it. God says that the, what does the light have to do with darkness? Right. And that's not skin color. That's spiritual. Yeah, state. unequally yoked. Right. Yeah. So that's an issue. But when you talk about culture, uh, then, yeah, there's differences. My wife is very Irish, and there's some things she does different than I do. And, and, and culturally, I had to adjust to that, as right. you would with any culture. But that doesn't make one superior or inferior. It just means there's differences you need to uh, be knowledgeable about and deal with. Right. And that right there, based on what you said, that's the difference, I think, between the evolution mindset and, and a creation because evolution is this mindset that people are evolving, they're becoming different. And and I mean, if you really do believe in that evolution mindset, then you do believe that there, I guess, are different classes of people in terms of uh, like the survival of the fittest, the, the fittest one are a better class than the uh, the lower people. Yeah. But but really, if you're if you believe in God and creation and stuff, you believe that we are all one race. It's really the the best form of unity. I think uh, is to be a creationist. Well, when Jesus became a a man, right, he became a brother to all, right. Not it was just to one race or another. It was right. to all. We're all the same race. Mm-hmm. That's a great point. Yeah, he he became to him. That's that's amazing. That's really cool. So now, and, and you know, with with Hitler, what you were talking about, Hitler, how he saw his race as the dominant race. I mean, he saw Jewish people as less and stuff. Now, we talked about the, uh, Helen Keller, how mm-hmm. you know she came out blind and deaf. Which, what, why don't you talk about the, how that, what the implications there? Well, we were talking about how. Um, we sometimes put value on people based on certain things. And I, I, I kind of think about um, when um, we look upon someone, we see that tall, muscular, strong individual as that superior individual. So athletically, if you're going to do a basketball team, who you're going to pick is going to have a lot to do with their physical appearance. Right. Uh, when we talk about intellect, we, we value people with high intellect to maybe have more value. Um, when you look at God and how he puts value on people, he's the one who actually can establish what the value of the person is. Mm-hmm. So if you had the ability to detect a unborn child's DNA to the point of saying this child is going to be born with certain type of defects, mm-hmm. then it comes down to this issue of could you then make a moral choice on who should survive and who should not? In other words, should you abort this child or not? And if you uh, tested a child and knew that they were going to be blind and deaf, there would be a tendency to say, well, this child is going to have a miserable existence and therefore has less um, survival value, if you want to, mm-hmm. uh, than someone who has all the characteristics. So someone like a Helen Keller would have been tested for and we would have said uh, very little value, probably should not be allowed to be born. Right. And yet look at what she contributed. Look at the value that this person have. So the minute man starts assessing value, uh, it's kind of like when uh, David was picked as the king and, and uh, the prophet looked at the the different sons of Jesse and he, and he saw the older brothers and said, man, these are these are the ones we're going to pick. And it's right. like God said, no, pass by him. That's not the one. Because right. God doesn't look on the outward. He looks at the inward. Right. So the whole concept of what is of value is, is not ours to place. It's God's. Right. And the uh, minute we start playing that, then we, we are in danger of trying to take over God's position and we shouldn't do that. Sure. I read an article once, and I just pulled it up here because I couldn't remember which country it was, but there was an article that said that Iceland had uh, abolished Down syndrome. And so you, when, you, when you see that article, the mindset is, wow, they, there's been a scientific advance. They figured out how to get rid of Down syndrome. Well, the bait and switch is when you read the article is that they have actually 
that since we've been able to detect it in the womb, they have aborted those children and they were never born to begin with. And so, yeah, these kids aren't being born. And so technically their number of Down syndrome is going, but they have done, they are doing exactly what Hitler did, right? Is that they are looking at somebody, seeing them as inferior. And some of them probably think they're doing a noble thing by stopping this kid from living so they don't have to deal with the the, the things in life. But, but, you know, like you said, there's this element of they're playing God yep. and they're choosing who lives and, and choosing who dies. And this is why we're very pro-life here, you know, like... <laughs> Well, yeah, we can't, we can't make those judgment calls because only God knows the value. Mm-hmm. And God, let's go to the next step. God imputes the value to all of us. So we all have a lot of value because of what he has already determined as, you know, given his son for, for our, our value to be that, uh, that high, to be one of uh, his sons. Right. And or daughters, of course. Right, right, so right. So I've got to watch that. <laughs> that's right. It, it, and you've no, got some daughters, so yeah, yeah you've be careful. <laughs> yeah. So I guess that's why the, the, the word kind was important to me, just to be able to answer some academic questions. But then when I look at the fact that the Bible teaches of our value, and that's so anti what evolution teaches, and then to realize that that value is something that says that I am important, and, and not because of myself, but because of the value God's imputed to me, uh, it's a whole different feel. Right. And, uh, you go to a young person and say, hey, you are very important. Uh, that's a different message than saying you're a mistake. Right. Very different. Very different. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. So let me, let me ask you this. Just uh, if we could summarize this, we'll, we'll kind of wrap it up here. But um, if you had to say, what are the two biggest implications of us and the Tower of Babel? Like, what would you say? Well, the Tower of Babel explains when the people groups were formed mm-hmm. that God divided them, and only God knows why he picked certain groups together, but he, he physically separated them due to language. Right. And so that helps me understand all the races of the world, and it, it agrees with the science that says we are all of one race. Right. Um, and I guess the second part of that is, again, I can trust the Bible. Historically, right. it's an accurate book, and it gives answers to questions that without it I don't have answers to. Right. It is amazing to me that archaeology and these scientists, they keep rediscovering things. And I feel like creationists and, and biblical scholars just kind of look and just be like, yeah, we knew that already, you know, because there's a lot of stuff that just seems to confirm the Bible over and over again, right? So, yes. Well, the Bible said that he took all nations from one blood. Yep. And then it took the Human Genome Project 2,000 years later to finally confirm that. Right. <laughs> we're, we're a little late to the party. Huh? Yeah, real late. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, well, let me say this real quick, and then we'll kind of wrap this up. Um, uh, I, I love when talking about creation and evolution, especially the differences there, that we always come back to this value that God has placed on, on humanity. And, and you see that in the Tower of Babel, that, that we were all one race, that there's no race that's higher or lower. And, and really, when you, when you can surmise that we're all one race, I mean, it does, it should get rid of, of racism, you know, or this idea of it. Now, there will always be cultural differences and stuff like for instance me and a Michigan fan we're not going to get along when it comes to sports but but there are differences there but um, I want to just point out one thing as we kind of wrap this up is um, when me and you were talking kind of the other day about what we're going to be chatting about today uh, you you made um, a statement that stuck with me where you said that this one race that met in this valley and they built this tower that they uh, that God saw what they were doing and he placed a barrier on them and that barrier was the language. the language. That's right. And it was this language. So that is what caused them to kind of segregate and spread throughout the world. So essentially God made them do what he commanded them to do. And they didn't do it, but God forced it to happen. Well, if you fast forward to um, 
uh, Acts chapter 2 when it's the coming of Pentecost, which is where, uh, you, you know, the disciples, Jesus has, uh, he's risen from the dead and he tells them, wait in Jerusalem for me. Uh, somebody greater than me is coming who's going who's gonna to really, he's going to be your helper. He's going to take you in. And of course, he's talking about the Holy Spirit. And this is where uh, at Pentecost, all the disciples and the apostles are standing around, and it says that they were filled with fire, and, and these tongues came upon them, and it said they started speaking in tongues. And all the people that were gathered around them from different cultures and different languages were just like, wait a minute, that guy's speaking my language. Yeah. Uh, he, he's saying what I'm saying. And the implication here is that now the gospel of Jesus Christ, because of the Holy Spirit, is no longer confined to just the Jews. It's it's to the ends of the earth. God has given them the means to go. And when you said this barrier of a language that separated Babel, um, this is really the undoing of Babel at Pentecost. Or, uh, uh, yeah, the undoing of Babel, because at Pentecost, God says language is no longer a barrier. It's time for you guys now to go out into the world and bring my gospel to the world. Right. So... Um, Man, I could talk all day about that, but that was so cool to me, man. I, and it was literally, you said that, and then I went home and started reading about Pentecost, and I was like, man, they're, they're connected. I love seeing when the Old Testament and the New Testament come together and, you know, form an idea. You know, the yeah. other thing we talked about, which we haven't really talked about today, is the fact that part of God's coming down and confusing them wasn't just the fact that they refused to do what he told them to do, but they were working together to accomplish goals that were not necessarily con- you know, in line with what God's goals were. Right. And so uh, you already inferred to this when you and I talked privately that mm-hmm. Jurassic Park was one of your movies. Oh, yeah. Uh, and the I, the I, original, the Spielberg it, one it, back it, in okay. the 90s, yeah. <laughs> so the, the whole point of that was I remember the one line when they're talking about how to make the um, embryos into dinosaurs, and they were going through this scientific uh, process. Mm-hmm. The one guy said you were so busy asking how to do it you never ask the question whether you should do it the 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 implication and i thought well you know we're back in that time today where our scientific uh, scientists can work together from all countries the language is not an issue anymore Mm -hmm. we can go towards uh, solving very large medical and technological problems but i hope that someone's still asking the question just because we can doesn't mean that we should right and uh that's one of those questions that we have to keep in our mind that even though man is capable of doing some things, should we really be doing the things that we do? Mm-hmm. And that's back to playing God, like you were saying, eliminating right. a certain group of people because we can detect that there's going to be a birth defect. Does that give us the right then to actually do that? And that's that right. moral issue that we got to keep in the forefront. Right. Absolutely. Well, hey, I, I have nothing else to say after that. I think that's a good place to end it. Okay. So, well, Mike, thank you so much for coming back. I, I know in the future I'm going to have more questions, and I'll just bring you right back on. So, Sounds good. The good news about Mike is that he works here at the school, uh, Genoa Christian Academy, that's affiliated with the church, and so I get to see him pretty often. So, well, uh, Mike, thanks again for being here. And uh, parents who are listening, thanks for tuning in. Um, again, if you, if you have any questions or if you have any uh, comments or any topics you want us to talk about, uh, feel free to email me. My email address is mclark, that's M-C-L-A-R-K, at genoachurch.org. And uh, other than that, um, I think we're going to call it quits. So thank you so much for being here, and we'll see you next time on The Parent Podcast.